In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Today's meditation is about beginning again. Is it an important feature in a spiritual life? Yes, and that's what we can look at and I will try to explain. First of all, think that the life of saints look so rosy, so agreeable, and it is because we have a distorted idea of holiness. We think that a holy person is inclined to pray, is never hungry, likes mortification, and is never slipped head so finds solace in praying. Or when trying to pray falls into ecstasy quicker than we fall asleep, or even it looks like the saints are protected by God so much that nothing can touch them, even any temptation. The conclusion many Catholics have is, since I am the opposite, since I haven't been blessed with these gifts, I cannot be holy. A saint is very different. If the person is saint, it is because has been struggling a lot and always. If there is no struggle, there is no merit, and there is no merit means no holiness. In the book of Proverbs it says, The just man falls seven times. The Old Testament considers a just person a holy person, but we see that God expects from us, even those called just, to fall into sin always. Remember that seven is the number that means plenitude. Seven means always. In this situation, the Old Testament proposes the attitude we should hold towards God. In Psalm 50 it says, Cor contritum et humiliatum Deus non despicies. A broken, contrite heart you never scorn. This is the attitude of the person who wants to be close to God. He or she will fall many times, but he knows or she knows that God will always forgive, forgive that person. The just man falls seven times. And San Jose Maria used to say, and seven times stands up. It is an act of humility to always begin again. We are going to fall, but God expects from us that we stand up 
and carry on running. The proud person doesn't want to start again because considers oneself as incapable of making mistakes. And when it happens, it's a surprise. How have it happened to me? How on earth I have said this horrible thing to him? The proud person is surprised of his bad actions and finds very difficult to start again. Instead, he would prefer to run away because then he doesn't need to recognize his mistake, limitations and sins. Have you seen a toddler falling on the ground? Some of them look like bouncing on it and they carry on running in their funny, in their funny way. But other toddlers, when they fall on the ground, they remain on it spread like a fried egg, crying and waiting for mommy to pick them up. The former represents the ones beginning again immediately. The latter, the ones who don't want to start again because it looks so embarrassing to fall. Which group are we? Talk to Jesus about your capacity to bounce back into the track of holiness. Life on earth is a struggle, and the saints have struggled even more than others because God has kept them closer to the cross. This sentence from the book of Tobias may help. Because you have found favor with God, it was necessary that trials should come and test your worth. And it's true, the saints have suffered more than anybody else. A lady of Lourdes said to Bernadette, I do not promise you happiness in this world, but in the next. Like saying, you are going to experience the cross because every, Christ, every Christian is another Christ and Christ died for us on the cross. People like San Jose Maria suffer his whole life in many, many aspects, illnesses, 
persecutions, everything that you can imagine. Jean Paul II, well, he suffered almost death because they tried to kill him, plus many other things that he had to go through. But the struggle should be positive. These two big saints, or Madre Teresa Calcutta, for instance, took the struggle always in a positive way, like the athletes in the Olympic Games. These people, these athletes, they don't fail because they are always trying to do it better. God, in that sense, is not interested in the results, but in how much we have tried to improve because it shows how much one loves him. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, point 2015, it says, The way of perfection passes by the way of the cross. There is no holiness without renunciation and spiritual battle. Spiritual progress entails the ascesis and mortification that gradually lead to living in the peace and joy of the Beatitudes. And now what I was more interested. He who climbs never stops going from beginning to beginning, through beginnings that have no end. He never stops desiring what he already knows. It is almost like saying, well, when you go to the mountains, you go from the top of the mountain to another top of the mountain. But in the spiritual life, you are always beginning. More than being in the top of the mountain, you're always at the skirts. And maybe you go up and then you go down, and then you try to go up. And that is the excesses that we are expecting. I mean, that God is expecting from us. Beginning to beginnings, okay? Through beginnings that have no end. Good. How is a sportive spirit? Do we look at the difficulties and struggles in a positive way? Are we ready to persevere in our desire to serve God till the end? Do we realize that holiness is a struggle for life?
being the protagonist of your life. Don't allow others to drag you down. There will be always people who will say to your ear, why to complicate your life? It is not worthwhile the effort. And especially the devil will assume an aura of sincerity and will try to convince you with things like, be honest, you have been lazy always. Now you cannot pretend you aren't. You cannot be holy. Who do you think you are? You see, you have failed again. Come on, give up. He well knows that this perseverance in struggling to be a better person, in these small things with these small beginnings, even with its many failures, is a sure path into heaven for ourselves and for many people alike. God is not interested on our results, but in our effort to be a better person and to love him more. We read in Pharaoh, point 59, If you respond to the call the Lord has made to you, your life, your poor life, will leave a deep and wide furrow in the history of the human race, a clear and fertile furrow, eternal and godly. It's a beautiful idea. Even when we are nothing, but if we persevere, offering up whatever we have in our hands, in the end we leave a mark on earth. We leave a seed that will bring many other people into heaven. If you respond, if you don't give up, your life, even poor as it is, with all its limitations and mistakes and sins, we live a deep and wide furrow in the history of human race. Those who have changed history are not the kings, or the popes, or the bishops, or very rich people, but those who have been faithful to God, day by day, little by little. It is worthwhile Let's look at each one of our days as a new opportunity, a new beginning, a new way of saying to God that we love Him.
One important thing that we should not leave aside is that even if our beginnings are small, because we are dealing with small things, they have had, they should have the resolution. And let's look at the gospel and we'll see a good example, very good example for that. The Gospel of St. Luke says, He entered Jericho and was going through the town, and suddenly a man whose name was Zacchaeus made his appearance. He was one of the senior tax collectors and a wealthy man. He kept trying to see which Jesus was, but he was too short and could not see him for the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to catch a glimpse of Jesus who was to pass that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and spoke to him, Zacchaeus, come down, hurry, because I'm to stay at your house today. And he hurried down and welcomed him joyfully. They all complained when they saw what was happening. He has gone to stay at at Asina's house, they said. But Zacchaeus stood his ground and said to the Lord, Look, sir, I am going to give half my property to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody, I will pay him back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. You see, this is a resolution, an example of a resolution. Someone who wants to change his life has met our Lord, our Lord has touched his soul, and he wants to change. We can ask our Lord to have these kind of resolutions in our life, even if it's for a small thing, because maybe we have been distracted when we had been at Mass, but let's have clear resolutions, motivated by the love that we have for our Lord. The changes may be small in themselves, but at the same time, let's see if they are radical like the change of Zacchaeus. Different aspects of beginning again. First of all, in our interior life. Each day, let's see, or many times during the day, if we are able to rectify the things that we have done wrongly and to try to improve them, foster your desire of holiness, out of love for Jesus, Try to do things better and better. In Pharaoh, it also says, Each day be conscious of your duty to be a saint. A saint. And that doesn't mean doing strange things. It means a daily struggle in the interior life and in heroically fulfilling your duty right through to the end. Secondly, another aspect that we could look after is rectifying our deeds with an act of contrition and start again like nothing has happened. 
Don't wait until the end of the month. That is what some people do. They have done something wrong and then or imagine that they have broken a resolution and they think, well, next month I will start again. Or other people leave it for the weekly confession to start again. Or even to for next day, thinking, well, after resting in my bed, next day I will start again. No, let's do it immediately. At that very moment, an act of contrition, and we start again like it, if we have done nothing wrong. Let's save all the time we can for God. Another aspect of this beginning again is looking for God in small things, in our duties. It is easier to rectify them if one has made a mistake than big enterprises that have gone off the rails. It is easier to rectify the small things than the big things. Don Alvaro, the former prelate of Opurday, the one who succeeded Saint Jose Maria, he said to the members of the work, My children, the essence of beginning again consists in fighting unceasingly to convert everything into an occasion of meeting Christ and of identifying ourselves with him, each time with a little more love. It's a beautiful thought to keep in mind. Hope that you can listen to it several times. Gandhi also said something related with small things. He said, People who are not ready to little changes in their lives will not be present in the lines of the men who bed for transcendental changes. Everything big starts with very small things. A big change starts with small changes. If we stop struggling, then we become like spectators and then critics. That affects other people because we become bitter and we drag the interior life, I mean our interior life and the life of the people, interior life of the people around us. Think of Our Lady, think of Saint Joseph, think of Christ himself. They are saints of the ordinary things. That's what they sanctified every day, the ordinary life. Trying to do these details very well and rectifying when they made a mistake or rectifying their intention. Do we start again several times during the day when we realize we have made a mistake? Are we ready to change many times during the day?
another very interesting way of starting again, beginning again, is through the examination of conscience every day. Use the examination at the end of the day to start again next day. At the end, when you are examining your conscience, think of how you can improve for next day. Make an act of contrition, a real act of contrition about the mistakes that you have committed that day. And then, with a big smile, think that our Lord Jesus Christ has transformed every wrong thing that you had done into something good. With that act of contrition, you have become like King Midas, changing everything wrong into good, because that is what an act of contrition does. A very nice aspect of a spiritual life is that we can look forward always. You know, there are some people who are always looking backwards towards the wrong things that they have done. These people, they are always negative. They look at the bad things that they have done in the past and are lamenting them all the time. It seems these people want to get the approval from God by remembering all these wrong things. When the reality is that God forgives and forgets. God wants us to be happy. And he wants us to look forward, not backwards. Anything forgiven has been forgiven. And God wants us to forget it. Let's not bring it back. It is useless to do so. It is useless for an interior life. It doesn't give us strength, but the opposite. And it doesn't give us more graces. The person looking backwards is always revolving about oneself. There is a lot of pride behind it. St. Paul says to the Philippians, I can assure you, my brothers, I am far from thinking that I have already won. All I can say is that I forget the past and I strain ahead for what is still to come. St. Paul doesn't care about the past, good or even bad. He only wants to think of all the good that he still wants to do for God. Beginning again also means no judging people. Because God has forgiven, let us also forgive everyone. The person who is unable to forgive is anchored in his or her pride and is incapable of beginning again.
and give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.